This is Sage Talking. If your brain is ready to soak up some natural, informative, and no BS knowledge, then you're in the right place. Join me in talks about nature, people, health, sustainable businesses, and everything in between. You won't miss out on the occasional politics and interviews with ecopreneurs either. P.S. I want to know what you want to know. So send in questions or topic requests on my IG at thrive underscore by nature. Hey, and thank you for being here. Hi everybody and welcome back. Today I'm talking to Sustainable Shane from California who's using his expertise on sustainable living to educate others and help you make a transition to a more sustainable life as well. We're talking all things about the current climate, environmental and policy wise and why individual action does matter a lot. I hope you enjoy. Greetings Stella, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Let me tell you, life is real good. <laughs> That's great. Well, I always see it uh, on your Instagram stories. You definitely have a lot of sunrises and sunsets at the beach, which, I mean, that is like, what's better than that? Yep, yeah. Whether I'm in the water surfing or I'm just hanging out and watching it. That's uh, I'm, nice. I'm super, I'm super grateful where I live. It's, it's nice living in San Diego. It's, um, it's beautiful here. Yeah, I can imagine. Why don't you first introduce yourself? Who are you? Why do you face <clears throat> sustainability expert? And um, like, what is it that you currently do? Absolutely. So my name is Sustainable Shane, and I'm your local sustainability expert. And I don't need to be local. I guess I'm on social media, so you can find me anywhere. But uh, I grew up and I was sustainable before I even knew what the word sustainability meant. I just grew up composting, diving, gardening, recycling, uh, volunteering and whatnot. And then there was like one life-changing event when I was about 14 years old where I realized humans have the power to destroy our planet, but we also have the power to take care of it. And that's when I was like, ding, 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 I'm going to dedicate my life towards sustainability. So then I went, ended up going to UC Berkeley and majoring in sustainability, graduated, uh, Sustainable Shane was born, and now I'm an environmental educator. Wow, that's great. Even, even without me asking you, you just answered like three separate questions. <laughs> um, but like, um, was there like a strong influence from home? Were your parents like very sustainable already in their daily lives? Yes and no. I mean, more than I think the average person, uh, I was influenced by my family, just A, because where I live in California and specifically San Diego, it's a sustainable community. It, it, it tends to lean more sustainable than, say, I don't know, um, like some random state in the Midwest. You know, it's just like yeah. it's California. We're stereotyped here and like it's actually true. Um, so that was an influence. And then absolutely, my mom is a huge gardener. So I just, I have, I've had a lot of love of plants since a young age. And then I just kind of took it to the next level of like, well, why don't we compost our food scraps to make soil for the plants? Or why don't I install a rain barrel and then we can get rain from the sky and water our plants. And did you, for, for all of that, because I mean, doing that at a pretty young age, did you get any like outside influence or education on that? I mean, how did you then come up with these ideas? That's a great question. To tell you the truth, I think I just researched them myself. Um, my school did like elementary, middle school. We like 
we had kind of community garden kind of, but it wasn't anything huge. You know, I was just really intrigued and piqued by it at a young age. And I just probably YouTubed and Googled everything. Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. Um, if I may ask that event you talked about, like the life changing event, uh, would you like to talk about it? What was that? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, basically, so there's a there's a beach by me here in San Diego. It's called Terramar. And it was my local local beach, right? I would surf it. I would dive there. I would go tide pooling there. I spent a lot of my a lot of my childhood there. And uh, I watched the reef kind of get destroyed. People were bringing their dogs down there. They were taking shells. They were leaving trash. They were stomping all over the tide pools. So I watched it get destroyed. <clears throat> and then my senior year came around and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something about this. So I worked with the California State Parks. We did a little study on the beach. And then we also uh, put up a tide pool awareness sign at the entrance. And then uh, so every time you walked down to the beach, you had you couldn't not see the sign. So people were reading it. And then some people decided that, you know, this makes sense. So I watched the reef slowly kind of um, <clears throat> come back to life. People stopped having their dogs run around as much. They didn't take the shells and they treated it with more respect oh that's awesome that's really great how do you i mean then how did you even approach that like okay this thought because many people have a lot of problems with like individual action individual sustainability they always think like oh what am i going to do like you know this attitude where people feel like really helpless and they think i'm not going to do anything um how did you approach that did you like just search on the internet okay uh what what like governmental body which would how do you have to call a mayor's office whatever where you can like kind of take your idea that you had and uh, kind of make that into real action how did you approach that sure and that's a really good question and I totally understand how people <clears throat> are afraid to take that individual first step or kind of take that eco action and um, I just did it and I think that's what you, you got to do you know like um, you're not going to get anywhere just sitting on your butt. If you see an issue, reach out to a representative, post on social media, talk with some friends about it, because more often than not, you're not alone in thinking that's an issue. A lot of other people are probably thinking the same thing. And the power of a couple people is amazing. And even just yourself, if, social media is such a powerful tool. Like, for example, this oil spill that just happened in California. Yeah, Huntington Be Beach, right? <laughs> Yeah, being a citizen reporter and going around and posting about it on social media, it raises a lot of awareness. Now, it's just awareness, yeah. but you can absolutely take action. And one of my friends just started posting on social media, hey, I'm thinking about doing a beach cleanup where we pick up some of this oil. And, he, and he, he's not even in the space, but he got hit up by like dozens of people that wanted to come and, and pick up oil with him, you know? So yeah. <clears throat> we just need to not be afraid to take that first step, not be afraid to fail, not be afraid to have people look at us and think we're weird and laugh. And when they do, that's just coming from their own insecurities. So do your yeah. thing, do your thing, do what you want, and good things will come. That's good advice. Um, did you, because you said you uh, studied like environmental studies uh, related subjects at college, um, because I mean, that's like, Uh, subjects um, at many colleges that they or universities that they maybe didn't have like 10 15 years ago and now of course obviously it's 
becoming more and more popular, which is great because obviously these are the biggest issues of our time. And would you say like that the curriculum and the stuff you learned there, was it was it really good? Was it like, okay, this is preparing me to go out into the world? Um, or was it more like, you know, there's sometimes schools and studies at school where people say, okay, this is like very, uh, that's, it's, it's very technical. It's not really going to help me in the real world. Or did you feel prepared? Was it a good curriculum? So <clears throat> to answer your question, the curriculum I learned at Berkeley was good and not very relevant at points to my career like it <clears throat> there was it's like a yes and no so I've heard a quote someone said college is more about what you learn outside of the classroom than inside and I kind of agree with that <laughs> in a lot of ways it teaches you a lot of time management social skills networking and also there's always like there's a million clubs and and organizations you can join so I learned a lot through that <clears throat> in the classroom I learned a lot of philosophical and a lot of like um, uh, non-hands-on skills, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. And my major was not very technical. It was more like, this is the environmental issues and these are how they're all related. And we're not going to prepare you for one exact, like, like one exact career in the environmental field. But we're just going to talk about all the issues at large. Mm -hmm. which is cool. It gave me like a big, um, large encompassing understanding, but it wasn't super technical. <clears throat> now I will say I've, I absolutely learned some buzzwords, like for example, greenwashing. I learned what that meant at college. I learned what like wish cycling means. Um, I learned, I learned a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of just networking skills and, and other environmentalists that help take me to the next level. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's still, yeah, I guess then at the end, you also have to kind of gather your own information and have your own life experiences. I mean, uh, especially I think in the environmental space, a lot of people go into very different directions. I mean, I mean some people are interested in specific ecosystems. Some people like you are like you post a lot about especially individual sustainability. Why is your focus so much on that? Like to empower people to be more sustainable in their daily lives, which is sometimes something that people like play down and they say, oh, like individual action doesn't matter that much. It's the governments and the big polluters that have have to do the stuff and take the action. Why is your focus so much on like the individual? That's a very good question. And my focus is on the individual, not by accident. I actively choose that. And for a couple of reasons, A, I'm not an expert in, in, in environmental economics. B, I'm not an expert in environmental politics, but C, I am an expert in sustainability and lifestyle. Now, I do know a lot about environmental economics. I do know a lot about environmental politics, but I know the most about how to live a more sustainable lifestyle at home. And I'm a firm believer in sustainability and mental health. And there's a strong crossroad between the two, where if you decide to live a more sustainable lifestyle, and be a part of something bigger, be a part of our planet, it's going to absolutely increase your mental health. And those are two very strong buzzwords going on in our life right now, sustainability and mental health. And they're so related that that's why I've decided to teach about it. And I'm just really fascinated with why people decide to be more sustainable and what in their life causes them 
to do it, whether it be an economical incentive, a mental health incentive, uh, a community and social incentive. So that's why, that's why I've dove into lifestyle and sustainability. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, and is, if someone, like, if you talk about it like that, and I mean, if someone follows you on social media, they obviously see what you post, what you talk about. And you also do some outreach sometimes, like uh, on the street, on the beach, you talk about people and then they, two people, and then they can win like a prize or something if they get a question, right? So you're obviously like also actively like planting seeds, educating people about it. Um, but if someone like would like to know how do you make your money, how do you make your living? Because many people like shy away from pursuing a, a career in like the environmental sector because many people think like you don't make any money there. You can't make a living like if you care about the environment. How like how do you make your money? Sure. Good question. And I want to preface it with. Being an influencer is a hustle and a grind. It is a lot of work. It is not an easy job. And if you want to, you don't wake up one morning and be like, oh, I'm going to make, I'm going to be an influencer and completely um, support myself financially from it. It takes years and years and years. And a lot of people that pop off have actually been doing behind the scenes work for five plus years. So I'm about <clears throat> two years into my journey. Uh, I don't fully support myself as like only through posting on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I do a lot of other things. So yes, I get paid by brands to post content. Yes, I get paid by uh, organizations and I get a bunch of free stuff and it's amazing and I'm learning every day, but I'm also an environmental educator. So I go into schools and companies and teach about sustainability. I'm the host of the sustainability show where, like I said, yeah, I go into schools, like elementary schools and middle schools, and host a quiz-style game show about sustainability. That's awesome. It's really great. I think education is definitely one of the most important things. And as you always say, you know, teach them young, because that's really the best place to start if you already get kids to grow up with that. So that's really uh, great what you're doing there. Um, Thanks. Also, um, you are or were, I'm not sure about it, because the first time when I read that in your bio was the first time I ever heard about it, but you're a Below Deck cast member, and in one of those videos, you were, like, on that yacht, and you were, like, yeah, I've got my reef safe shampoo and, like, my refillable sunscreen, and, like, I'm ready to go, and you could totally see, like, the sustainable side of you, like, coming through. Do you ever have, like... Mm people who watch that or even maybe friends have you ever been like ridiculed for that or like talked down on like especially people who don't really care about these topics and who don't live actively a sustainable lifestyle themselves uh, often because it's very foreign to them they kind of get really confrontational and sometimes even angry about these things has anybody like ever like kind of told you like oh my god like you're such a hippie or like just you know take a break with that does that ever happen to you oh you're talking about haters Stella <laughs> I've got my haters don't don't worry yeah it totally happens I mean <clears throat> what whether why they're hating I don't know or actually I do know I have a, a lot of um, assumptions as to why people look down and talk down on environmentalists I would say the largest one and this might just be relevant to just the United States is climate has become Uh, politicized so 
Yeah, you're, you're either you're either a Democrat and you're an environmentalist or you're a Republican and you're an anti-environmentalist, which is totally a foolish belief. Like you don't need it. Should, the climate should not be dictated on party lines. It should be dictated on if you care about th- this is what I always ask people. And I'll ask you too, Stella. Stella, do you do you want to have good drinking water? <laughs> yes. Do you want to have healthy food to eat? Definitely. Do you want to have a comfortable climate? Mm-hmm. Do you want to have a house that is not going to get blown up by a tornado or hurricane or flood or whatever? Also a big fat yes. Then you're an environmentalist. <laughs> and everyone wants those same four things. Everyone does. I don't care who you are. Everyone wants those same four things. And therefore, you must care about our environment. And it's stunning how people don't ever make a connection between those two. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you, who you vote for or what you do on, as far as voting. It's just like, just understand that the environment does not need to be dictated on party lines. It should actually be, actually be looked at as like, as, uh, as like something as large as, do you want like clean drinking water and good food to eat? Because that's what's going to dictate it. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's not just a phenomenon in the United States. It's definitely also one here. Um, as you said, it's very politicized. And sometimes it's an issue of like, oh, like either you label yourself to be an environmentalist and then you care and then people really watch out for you that you do all these things 100% perfectly and if they say oh like I don't care about it then you kind of don't have to do anything about it which is a really weird concept but do you have of I mean generally your vibe attracts your tribe so do you have a lot of people around you who are like in the same field who care about the same things or have you also like lost friends over kind of these discrepancies and like not agreeing on these topics Oh no, I've made so many friends. Since since the birth of Sustainable Shane, I've gotten a much larger friend group and circle and I even have a call later today where I'm interviewing to be on the board of a nonprofit called Sustainability is Sexy and it's mm-hmm. run it's run by 20 to 30-year-olds who started a nonprofit about the environment. So my friend group is just flourishing because of it. I have not lost any friends and it's actually gone to the extent of you can get in a bubble, right? Like if you're in, you can get in a bubble in anything. You can be a gym. You can love the gym so much that you only hang out with workout friends. You can love working so much that you only hang out with your coworkers. You can be an environmentalist. So you only think like an environmentalist. And I was aware of, of my place in that bubble. And that's why I started the street interviews. Cause I really wanted to see, you know what? Like, let's see what other people think about this that aren't in my bubble I'm just going to walk around on the street and just interview anybody and see what they have to say. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely, that's very true. Some people really do kind of create a bubble or they find themselves to be in that bubble without even noticing it. But yeah, I think that's definitely true. But I think many people are very afraid to start these conversations with like family friends or even people that they don't really know that well because these topics can be so confrontational um and uh yeah I mean I've had my own fair share of very heated arguments with different people and um I guess it's legitimate that many people are kind of also a little afraid or just uncomfortable about that because 
it could definitely be something where you kind of where relationships or friendships kind of fall apart because some of these obstacles if someone doesn't want to change their mind at all I think that's something people are kind of uh, afraid but it's good to hear that you've made friends over this and not lost them oh absolutely and and you can't blame someone for being unaware because the current society that we live in does not teach us to be an environmentalist it teaches us to consume 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 use 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 and grow on a linear growth up which is the antithesis to environmentalism. So you can't blame people for their uh, lack of education or lack of environmental awareness. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's unfortunate. It's a society we've grown up in and it's changing now and it will change. And two decades from now, I'm sure it's the society we live in will operate much differently. But um, no, if you're like 15 years or older you didn't learn about sustainability it's it's, yeah. it's it's only happened the past five years maybe yeah very true um what do you think are the most important first steps to a more sustainable life because many people are really overwhelmed when they first look into it um they're like <laughs> they they don't know what to buy anymore they don't know what not to buy they don't know which labels to look at they don't know if they should go plant-based or not and they're like a lot of uh take public transportation or you know all these different aspects that you have to change in your life uh, what do you think are like the most important first steps uh, that someone could implement to kind of change that around sure and I, I love this question I always get asked it um, I have an analogy and then after the analogy I will give you examples of easy ways to start your sustainability journey so being sustainable is a journey it doesn't happen overnight it doesn't happen in two weeks. It happens over the course of probably a year for you to like really make that transition. And sustainability is just like learning math. So when you started learning math, did you start with calculus? Um, well, I guess it's a bit different in Germany, but I guess pretty much. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys are crazy over there. <laughs> Most people don't start with calculus. You start with addition and subtraction. You start with your easy stuff, right? Yeah, I guess the basic, yeah, it's probably yeah, you, the same. And sustainability is the same way. You start, your addition, your subtraction is reading, reading a book about sustainability or watching a little movie or recycling. So that's your like, that's your math. That's your, or that's your addition, your subtraction, your first step into the journey. Then the second step is like your algebra, your more complicated stuff, your, your uh, multiplication, your division. That's like, I'm going to choose to ride my bike more often, or I'm going to take public transit instead of driving. And then your last step in the sustainability, which would be your calculus, would be, I'm going to offset my CO2 emissions through an app. Or instead of, uh, instead of buying all this new clothes, I'm going to go thrifting. So you, it's a, it, there's basically, there's just steps in the sustainability. It doesn't happen overnight. You got to start with the easy stuff. You need to become aware. You need to watch your first little documentary, read a book. Then you can move on to your more complicated stuff, like planting a garden or uh, taking more public transit. And then lastly, you can do the more complicated stuff, like changing your stock portfolio to renewable investments only or offsetting your CO2 emissions. Yeah, well, I think um, that is, I mean, if anybody is listening to, to this, 
and uh, kind of not knowing where to start, then I guess like just take out your pen, write that down from the start, make yourself a one to 10 list and, you know, just check it off. I think also an important thing is like if you start with one thing, as you said, like just pick, okay, whatever new clothes I'm going to buy, I'm going to thrift it, see if I can get that second hand. Uh, if not, maybe from like check out if there are any sustainable brands in my area um, and then just kind of, doing that over and over again and as with everything like making those things just become a habit something you don't have to think about anymore because I mean sometimes is it it's as easy as in like the grocery store getting there's one thing that has recycled toilet paper next to it there's a normal toilet paper sometimes is it's as easy as to grab one more to the right so I think it's like people really don't realize sometimes how easy it can be. But I think it's great that there are people like you who really um, just kind of support people and say, okay, if you want to learn more about this, like I'll give you guidance, I'll give you some tips and not just being like, I, I really don't like it if people are like, oh, you can't buy this anymore, you can't do that anymore, but don't give alternatives because you can't like just tell people to do something differently and then just leave them hanging so I think that's very great that you're kind of like supporting people there and focusing really on educating absolutely no and, and I appreciate that and yeah I fully understand it's not it doesn't happen overnight and it takes a lot of change and uh, one last little point I want to add is that <clears throat> right now uh, a lot of the sustainable brands are more expensive than the non-sustainable brands for example, if you want to buy a sustainably sourced, fair labor, ethically sourced T-shirt, it's usually be more it's more expensive than your just like Walmart T-shirt. Yeah, I understand that. It's going to change over time. It will change. The reality is it's more expensive right now. But just know when you do go and buy that sustainably sourced shirt, your dollars are supporting an industry that is growing and you're actually you in a weird way you're actually lowering the cost of that t-shirt because if you if we support the sustainable sourced brands then their costs become lower and therefore they can market their products at a lower price yeah definitely also um, I think it's really about, as you touched on before, like a society that is conditioned just to consume so much, to buy so much all the time. Um, it's it's also you you need if it like you just have to change your mindset from saying I have this one shirt that is sustainably sourced that is really good quality. Um, I'm supporting a, a good business here, and I'm going to have that shirt for ten years, and it's going to be looking good. The quality is going to be good. It's a natural fiber. Um, as opposed to having 10 cheap t-shirts that are supporting a bad industry that is like cheap material and which you can basically throw away after a year because it looks like crap and it's probably some mixed materials with plastics and microplastic that go into waterways. So it's really maybe sometimes even cheaper because if you just buy less but better, it will just be sustained for a much longer time than all that cheap stuff that you basically have a new closet like every five years absolutely that's it's a really good point and yeah and another great example is solar panels solar panels aren't cheap they're not free they cost a lot of money to put up but i guarantee you over the course of five to ten years they're going to pay off for themselves and even more
Yeah, definitely. There's also um a company uh, just in my town here um and they install like uh, these PV panels and um actually I I had a classmate a couple of years ago and they had these panels on their house and they actually had access uh like uh, um energy and they sold it to an energy company so they even made money after a while of course at first it's an investment as you said this is really uh it doesn't come cheap but you can definitely um you're definitely making a good choice with it absolutely absolutely and what would you say uh like you're there are some people as i said before they bring this argument oh if like governments don't take action me as an individual it doesn't do anything and many people really use this as an excuse not to take any individual action and be more sustainable because they're like oh if i take this plastic bag or not or use that plastic straw or not it's really not going to make a difference what would you tell somebody to kind of change that mindset about individual sustainability even if governments are not doing anything absolutely good question i have a long answer and a short answer um well we appreciate the long answer <laughs> okay and I'll, I'll, I'll just do the quick and short one and just be like this is my quick and short one i always say listen what would your mom do and i always think about that as in like if you're thinking about doing something and you're not sure if it's the right or the wrong thing to do, just think about what would like your mom or your grandma or some, some just like some caring, really individual, what would they do? And nine times out of 10, that's the right answer. So if you don't, like we all know deep down caring for the environment is good. We all really do know that our planet is, it's the mother earth. It's like, it's it sustains us we do not run the planet the planet operates us so just do your part do your do your deal with recycling um take a little bit of time out of your life to do it and if you don't want to listen to that little one then then you got to listen to my whole spiel about we live in a capitalistic society supply runs de or demand runs supply a lot of our government officials are corrupt it's unfortunate we voted them into office on a platform that they said that they're going to run on and they're not running on it. It's the sad truth, but it's changing. Environmentalists are getting voted into office. There are good people on this planet. There are, there are examples of board members are getting shooken up and being replaced with uh, environmentalists that care about the planet, not the bottom line. So what you can do is drive change locally and um, it drives change globally because if you if you if you connect with your small community here and you can find a group of people that are like-minded and even just if you yourself operate you're gonna influence other people inspire them and drive change on a much larger scale than just what's below your feet it's gonna yeah, go definitely. It's, gonna, it's gonna rip it's it's like the butterfly effect essentially yeah. right? so that that's what's going on um and then yeah, I'll, and I'll just tie it back to the short answer. It's like, come on, we all know what's right. We all know what's right. Like deep down, you know that buying a bunch of plastics and throwing it in the trash is not, it's not okay. It's not sustainable. Yeah. It's not, it's not like really, like it, it isn't. And I'm pretty sure most people know that. And if you don't, then I'll give you my long answer about capitalism. Yeah. Um, but what do you think is it that literally some people actually, as you said, the example with the plastic, sometimes at the grocery store, I look into people's shopping cart and I just think like how 
actually can you have this in your cart like produce that is completely wrapped in plastic where there's more plastic in packaging than the actual produce if like for example there's a a packaged uh, like a, a huge package of plastic with grapes inside right next to it there are grapes that are loose which if you take your own produce bag or just put it in the cart like that people still pick the plastic option and then especially here we have great water the water of our tap the quality is really great and actually the quality in plastic bottles is much worse but people still buy like plastic bottled water and they actually don't see that there is a problem in them buying that i mean there are literally people who still don't recognize it and i guess this is the thing with the bubble you said before like us who care about these things who don't do these things in our lives anymore because we're aware of it now i kind of forget that there was a time where i maybe didn't realize it where i went into h&m and bought fast fashion um i mean and then now like i don't always think about that anymore because it's so long ago but what would you kind of I mean, what do you think is the reason that some people really are not aware of what they're doing is directly related to these issues that we're having? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's I, I can't make one general statement that for the reason why people are still like making ill-informed decisions, I guess yeah. I can give it would be like misinformation and just um looking at some media source that's not it's not not telling you the truth. Um, then there's economic economical drivers that maybe it's a little bit cheaper to do to buy. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. It really is tough. And then there's there's apathy, a lack of caring, and a lack there, your lack of wanting to change. Yeah. You got incentive. You like you need to incentivize people to change. People don't just change just because. Then you need to incentivize them, and. Um, it's hard to incentivize people to change at some point. That's why I just make people laugh. And then by making them laugh, I get their attention. And then my incentives are it's going to increase your mental health. And I'm 100% certain of that. And it's also going to uh, – it can save you money. And it's, it saves you money in the long run, not in the short run. It's going to cost you more up front. But in the long run, I absolutely guarantee it will save you money. So I just yeah. – tr- yeah, I just try to incentivize people those ways. Yeah. Definitely, it's a great effort and something great you're doing, which is very much appreciated because it's a great service to the world. And um, yeah, thank you for that. And already we're at the last question. Um, what exactly, because I mean, you have you lived in California your your entire life? Um, not, no, 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 no. I've, I've lived in other places for sure. Okay, but in the last few years, um, or what in general in your life uh, have you, which in which is one of the biggest like environmental disasters that you've ever witnessed or been impacted by? Oh, okay. I see. I see. What this question is the largest environmental disaster that I've been impacted by. It's going to be the fires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be the wildfires that we have here. It's. It's. <clears throat> I've probably I've probably shaved some months off my life just from the air quality. I used to live in San Francisco and they had really bad air quality around the fire season. And yeah, it's like I had to wear a mask and stuff and it wasn't good. So Yeah. I, I because I think this is something um especially in a country like 
Germany, environmental disasters is except the the flooding that was on the news in North Rhine-Westphalia, like in the east of Germany, um, which uh, maybe you've heard about. But that was one of the first times that Germany was ever in the news for environmental disasters. And I know, for example, my family um, that lives in New York uh, on Long Island, there are definitely like i mean hurricanes there and and environmental disasters and then people have to rebuild their houses but and that's like a rich country but for people here it's like more oh environmental disasters climate crisis that only happens in poor countries with lack of infrastructure where they don't get help quick enough but like what does it actually feel like I don't know, like in a hurricane, if you kind of you don't have access to water, you're in your house for maybe days on end. I mean, can you describe that feeling? Yeah, I mean, it was it was very depressing and very, very maybe very anxious and it ruined a lot of plans and it it caused a lot. Yeah, there was a ripple effect from the wildfires. Absolutely. It destroyed forests. For example, we went to a campground We our friend group. We go camping every year. And every August we go, we went camping in 2020 and then 2021, we tried to return to the same campground, but it had burned down, like literally burned to a crisp, everything. That's crazy. So, yeah, it, it affects us. I mean, that's just a minor way. I can't, I haven't, luckily California doesn't get hurricanes like in New Orleans, Louisiana, that they could probably answer this question better than I can. But all I can say is, turned the sky red the sun was orange the air quality was the worst in the world and it ruined a lot of plans yeah i think um i mean i i would never wish that upon anyone to actually like live through something like that um it's just that i think many people they kind of are so disconnected from that and if they've never kind of been through that themselves it's like such a foreign concept it's like oh that happens somewhere off the coast of a little island where suddenly like the water is rising or something but i mean environmental disasters are happening everywhere and as we can see it's coming closer to every country no matter where you live at some point you're going to be affected um but yeah it's pretty scary yeah no and 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 i'm pretty sure that so it's climate change. Climate's been changing forever since the dawn of time. Climate changes every single day. The climate changed and it wiped out the dinosaurs. The climate changed after there was a volcano in 1818. Uh, it's changing every day. It's natural. It's just the rate at which it's changing right now is... Not is natural. <laughs> not natural, no. It's because we're causing it to change unnaturally. So, um, yeah, that's what's going on and... It's the world's connected. The wildfires in California, the smoke blew over to my friends in New York and they had horrible air quality and it literally blew across like 3000 miles. Yeah, crazy. Well, thank you very much uh, for coming on the podcast and to talk, uh, just talking about all these topics um, because I think it's really important. And as I said before, thank you also for using your voice and your platform and just like kind of centering your entire life about being 
like a force for good and doing something good for your community and helping out other people and helping make this world like a bit sustainable in the best way that you can because this is like really the people that we need to create a better future a more just a more sustainable future so thank you for being a big part of that absolutely it's my pleasure and i'll tell you i 100% love my life i'm so happy with my everyday decisions with my gardening with the way i live and it's so fun so if anyone else is up to listening and they want to get involved in this space hit me up i love chatting i love talking and i guarantee it'll make your life a little bit better so come on over um you can also find me online i'm on instagram as sustainable shane facebook sustainable shane and i'm growing my tiktok so check me out there, Sustainable Shane. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave me a review. Also, if you want to know more about the topic of sustainable living and individual sustainability, all of Shane's links are linked down below, his website, his socials. So feel free to visit him on there. Also, today's shout out goes to Take Three for the Sea. They're a building global movement of people who are connected on the planet. They're helping to tackle the plastic pollution in seas and waterways by education that inspires participation. 10 million pieces of rubbish are removed annually with a participation in 129 countries and more than 500,000 people educated. Go visit their website, which is linked down below, for more information and how you can get involved today. Thank you everybody for listening and I hope you have a great day. Bye! Yeah.